the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you understand Paul rightly here in the book of Romans, the law shows us that we're dead. And once it does, grace steps in and saves us, makes us alive. So then we're dead to the law. (laughs) Confusing? Stick around. From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose and online at reformedheritage.org, welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. We're back in Romans chapter 7. Now, this is that passage of Scripture where Paul says, the good I want to do, I don't do. The bad I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. We'll get to that passage in a bit. But right now, we're exploring what it means to be dead to the law. Now, that law showed us we were dead in our sins. Once we've been alive in Christ, we are now dead to that law again. Here to explain and explore further is Pastor Gary with today's edition of Abounding Grace in Romans, chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. If you want to bear fruit in this day and age, you will look to Christ. Let me tell you a secret. Jesus doesn't ultimately care about who is in the White House. He doesn't ultimately care about what kind of movies Hollywood is making. And by that I mean, he does not get his mental, emotional, oh no, I'm so agitated, look who's rolling, look at what the culture looks like. I don't know if I'm going to be able to bring this particular generation of the church out of the wilderness. Oh, shame on us. He is the Lamb of God. He is the reality, not the politics, not the movies, not the barbarism, not the abortions, not the perversity. The Lamb of God who sits on the throne, He is the reality, and He says, I will make you fruitful. 2022, you living in the West who have apostatized from me, at least in the public square. Look to me. I will make you fruitful. That is why I died. And that is why I rose again. And let me tell you something. I did not shed one drop, not one drop of my blood in vain. And I do not reign at the right hand of the Father to be trifled with by some animated dust shaking his puny little fist in my face. I reign, he says. Do you see the madness? Do you see blindness? Do you see perversity in our land? Where did that come from? It came from the reigning son of righteousness smiting his enemies with that madness. If he wanted them to have peace, he would grant them forgiveness and repentance unto life. But he does not. 
At least he has not up to this point. It may be that he says, you know what? You are a nation of covenant breakers. My intention is not to save your beloved new Israel. Because I only have one Israel, and that is the Israel that looks to the snake on the pole. So look to him. He says, I'll save you. But it may be that my salvation of you is going to be through judging you over time. In very evident ways, the land in which you live, because it has broken covenant with me. So let me encourage you. Don't ever look at your life and say, I've been bitten by sin too many times. My husband has, our relationship has, our children have. It is just hopeless. No, it is not. That is unbelief talking. And despair is one of Satan's greatest tools. He knows that he cannot finally pluck you away from Christ So he wants to put a fog up. So you just think, oh, me, oh, my, oh, my children, oh, 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 my wife, oh, my my country, oh, oh. No, look to the Lamb of God who was slain, who now reigns at the right hand of the Father and start bearing fruit. Don't say, well, I can't bear fruit until my husband does. Wrong. I can't bear fruit until my children are better. Wrong. You look to the Lamb of God who was crucified, who is now raised in glory and power, and I promise you, you will bear fruit because He is the living vine. He is Yahweh, the branch of the Lord. And all who look to Him are going to be planted in fruitful soil and are going to bear fruit. Now in verse 5, we have a description once more of our former misery. For when you were in the flesh, when we were not regenerate. Paul describes this in chapter 8 as those unable to please God. Those who are of the flesh cannot please God. It is an utter impossibility. Paul says, "When when that was us, The passions of sin which were by the law did work on our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Now careful. Paul is not saying the law caused us to be sinners. Because remember who we are and who we were. This is still true of us. We were born in sin. We go forth from the womb speaking lies, Psalm 58. But what happened? We heard our parents and were conscious of them telling us no. And something in us screamed before we could even spell, before we could articulate something. We screamed, oh, yes, I will have it my way. So what is Paul telling us here? The law came to us in our sinfulness and it evoked a very strong reaction. Just like Adam and Eve in the garden. I don't want to be under God's law. I want to do what I want to do. But why does Paul bring this up again here? Well, I think for two reasons. Verse 4, abide in this Christ. Because remember who we were. We had nothing. 
who had no ability to please God. None. So unless we remember this, unless we Christians remember this, is what tends to happen. You slide into a kind of Christless existence, or you slide into pride. This has been true of me at times, and it's very embarrassing, and I absolutely hate it. Maybe it's been true of some of you. Do you want people to believe that you've always been as good as you think you are now? Or if God gives you a particular deliverance from sin, you act like, I've never struggled with this. I've always been this victorious. What do we forget? Listen carefully. If there is one spark of good in us, it came from the power of the reigning Christ. Men, let me ask you a question. Were you able to do something kind for your wife this week? Uh, Young people, were you able to maybe against what you've been struggling with, but okay, mom, I will do what you want me to do. Okay, dad, dad, what is it you would like me to do? Think about it. Who did that in you? God did it. We are dead. The only thing that is in us is a filth and corruption. Do you see how different it is when we believe what Paul said in Colossians 1.29? He said, not me. It is God's grace that is laboring in me valiantly. It is not me. Some of you realize, wait a minute. This Jesus is not a figment of the preacher's imagination. Oh, this Jesus is real. He does reign. He's walking with me. I'm seeing him work in me. I know what I'm like. Verse 5, dead. Paul says later in this chapter, in my flesh, no good thing dwells. Do you believe that about yourself? Not one good thing. Not one good thought. Not one good deed. Not one good attitude. Not one good emotion. Nothing. Everything in me is corrupt. But most professing Christians today do not believe this, which is why we are seeking after more and more frenzy to capture some elusive feeling of God and Jesus, to be giddy all the time. But the most amazing demonstration of the presence of God is when this fallen, filthy, corrupt sinner can do even one thing that remotely reflects the honor of God. And it is because God reached down his hand and he did it. That ought to fill us with a sense of awe. God is in my life. God is helping me to lay down my life as a mother for my children, as a husband for my wife. It's not me. I didn't learn this in a book. No book gave me the strength to do this. God gave me the strength. A book, of, a book may have led me to seek strength in God, but he did this. And admitting this, we would be then more willing to talk about this God if he was more real to us. Oh, let me tell you about God who is doing this stuff in my life. I know it's not me. Because I know in me, in my flesh, there's nothing but the passion of sin. 
But I'm seeing some patience. I'm, I'm hearing some pleasant things coming out of my mouth. I look at my wife and I don't love her just for what she can give me, but I want to give to her. As a young person, I want to obey my parents. Does that mean it's easy? That I don't have to fight? No, I'm fallen. But I have seen these things in my life. That is what we should want to talk about because our God is real. Because we are united to the resurrected Savior. That's what is missing in our lives in the broader church. <coughs> there is no reality of the fruit bearing Jesus. We either take the credit for ourselves. Oh no, that is because I'm reformed and I've read all the books. You know nothing if you do not know that in yourself you are corrupt and that in us no good thing dwells. I don't care how reformed you may be. So if anything good dwells in us, it is of God. This is the miracle of the new birth. And this is better than Jesus walking on water. This is better than him calming the seas. This is more glorious. Oh, John 16, these are the greater works. The greater works is Jesus changing dead, vile, corrupt sinners. So there begins to be fruit. Do you have the joy of this? This is joy. But we have got to be careful because this is powerful. This means we can't take any credit. You understand that? We can't take any credit for anything good in us. And it means that we must sincerely bring forth from our lips the sounds of praise all the time. God did it. Verse 6 ends on a glorious note. It says, but now. Those are two of the most glorious little words, but now. That is not what we are like now. God be praised. But now, though we were held fast in bondage, Jesus came and he opened our prison doors and he has let the captives go free. By the way, if you do not know him, he'll do that right now for you, just as he did 2,000 years ago. Right where you are now, Call upon his name. Say, Son of God, have mercy on me. Save me by your righteousness. Save me by your blood. And he will save you. There's not like 15 steps to salvation. There's no waiting period, you know. Sit around for 15 minutes and the Holy Spirit will begin to work. There's no lightning bolt. It is whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So look at the snake on the pole. Look at the Lamb of God crucified for us. Now the verbs in the first half of verse 6 are all passive. Paul and the Holy Spirit make a habit of this to stress our inability to stress God's sovereign power. For he is the one who delivered us from the chains that bound us to the curse of the law. Let me ask you, why does our love for God grow cold? It's very simple. 
we forget what Jesus has done for us. That's it. The gospel starts losing its hold on our thinking, on our affection. It's not the controlling principle of our life any longer. Maybe we love the world too much. Maybe our earthly business is just weighing down on us. So we gradually say, well, I'll pray a little bit, you know. And then we pray a little bit less. And then we just mumble a little bit on the way to work. And pretty soon we're wondering, who who am I? Where am I? I just don't know. Maybe we fall back in our selfish ways. Maybe we're just no longer abiding in Christ's word. If we want more joy in God, if we want more delight in obeying God, we must often be thinking on what Jesus has done for us in delivering us from the power of sin and death. He has delivered us from a terrifying master, the curse of the law that was brutalizing us. And think about where he has brought you. Rising each morning, why does God even hear you? Because Jesus Christ gave his back to the smiters and his cheeks to those who plucked out his beard. Do you receive some comfort when you pray? Where does that come from? From the Son of God who laid down his life and is now raised from the dead to intercede for us. And he is praying that our faith never fails And he ever lives to make intercession for us, Paul says in Hebrews 7. Are you forgiven? Are you forgiven again and again and again? Have you come to God over and over and over? God, be merciful to me. Why is this? Because the blood of Jesus Christ is so powerful that it still has all its cleansing power. And in him, we know that. Do you see how much we owe to this redemption? No wonder the angels always sing, worthy is the Lamb. No wonder they are here now and everywhere the church is gathered and want to hear the gospel truths. It's amazing to them. Is it to you? Redemption is amazing. Deliverance from the penalty of sin, from its power and its judgment is amazing. It's no wonder, brothers and sisters, that we lose our way, we lose our joy, we lose our hope, and we get snake-bitten again by sin when we take our eyes off the Redeemer, the one who has brought us out of the prison house of sin. And notice why. That we being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit. Serve. We talked a lot about that word in chapter 6. Here is the goal of redemption, to serve God with joy. Books are written, smiling faces, live your best life now. Whatever you want, you can have it now. Well, do you want to be really happy? Do you want to smile a lot? Do you want to be joyful? Do you want to be fulfilled? Do you want to walk in harmony with your creator and redeemer? Then serve God. Serve God. Jesus freed you so you could walk in obedience to God. 
Do you know why you may be sad as a professing believer? Do you know why you may be discouraged? It is because in certain areas of your life you are serving sin, not God. You're not looking at the snake on the pole, the crucified and resurrected Savior. You're looking at your wounds and your frustrations. You're not looking unto Jesus. Don't think of ever serving yourself. That is the idol of this generation. Entertaining yourselves, destructing yourself, fulfilling yourself. Serve God and notice how you are to do it in newness of spirit. Not in the oldness of the letter. My thinking here is that the spirit here should be capitalized. But either way, what, it is, what Paul is saying, listen, serving God is not a matter of guilty fear. Oh, no. If we don't do this, God is going to zap us and, with a lightning bolt. That's the old letter. Now, he's not speaking evil of the Ten Commandments here. He's saying the old cursing, one of the functions of the law that is not, is not where we are now in Christ. We are now joined to our Redeemer and our husband. And we have his spirit who led him at every step, taught him counsel and might, by whom he offered himself without spot to God. That made him the servant of the Lord par excellence. And here is the glory. United to Jesus, we get to be servants of God. We get to serve him with joy. And trust me, we're never going to be bored here because we can serve him everywhere. In our homes, our businesses, athletic fields, hospitals, schools, gardens, museums, the accountant's offices, the construction site. Everywhere, because we are no longer under the law's curse anywhere. We are set free to serve God wherever he calls us. And we serve in newness. God's law has been sketched on our hearts. And now it is our, our nature, our true self to obey God with joy. Do you want that joy? Do you want Jesus' joy fulfilled in you? which is what he's promised. In John 15, 9 through 11, he said, Abide in my commandments, even as I abide in my Father's commandments. Therefore, abide in his love. So, brothers and sisters, do you want to be joyful? Do you want to be happy, fulfilled, have a sense of purpose? A couple of things. Number one, keep looking at Jesus. For just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so he, Jesus, has lifted, has, was lifted up. Your Savior is now raised. He is exalted and extolled and very high. Look to him. Draw from him life, fruit, strength by believing his promises and abiding in his word. And please, don't waste your life this week. You know, a week not giving to serving God is a colossal waste of time. It is madness. It is purposeless. This evening, or maybe better yet, in the morning, as you return to the weekly grind, 
Is that what you think? No, it's not a grind. If it is devoted to serving God, it is only a grind. If I'm looking at me, if I'm looking at Him, beloved, it is joy and peace. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, the minister of Reformed Heritage Church here in San Jose. As always, it's a delight spending time with you here in God's Word. And if today's program has been especially helpful to you, we'd love to hear about it. Would you take a moment and contact us? Let us know how the program is encouraging you in Christ. It would mean a great deal to us. From time to time, we'd like to know how the program is being used by God. And that would be a great gauge for us. A quick letter or a phone call. Here's how to contact us. 408-866-5607. That's our phone number, 408-866-5607. Or you can write to us at PMB. That's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB for post mailbox, number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is the zip code. If you'd like to know more about Reformed Heritage Church of San Jose or Pastor Gary Wagner and Abounding Grace, you can visit our website, reformedheritage.org. That's reformedheritage.org. And leave us an email when you stop by. Let us know you paid us a visit. You're also welcome to, again, call. That phone number is 408-866-5607. If you'd like a copy of today's program, by the way, mention today's date when you contact us and we'll get a copy out to you. The cost is $5. And any amount you send above and beyond cost of resource materials will go right back into the radio program as this is a listener-supported ministry. We're able to continue our daily presence here on this station as you continue to support us financially and prayerfully. We appreciate your help in this endeavor. Thank you again. For further information, reformedheritage.org or 408-866-5607. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.